Welcome to the Intersection of Faith and Culture, a PCM podcast where we talk about how to maneuver through today's hot topics while maintaining a grasp on our testimony and relationship with God. The intersection that Katie and I, I'm Ted by the way, are going to go driving through or barreling through today is all about, and I don't know if we would call this really a current one, I I guess kind of, but it was back on uh, um, the Super Bowl, the halftime show Mm -hmm. of Super Bowl 54. Mm -hmm. Um, Real easy answer. (laughs) Did you watch it? Yes. Okay, I did too. All right. The Super Bowl 54, in case you didn't or in case you did, but you're not sure what it was, was on February 2nd. It was down at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Uh, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira were the, the two main headliners of that. There are also some other ones in there, some other uh, little minor da- dancers and singers, including J-Lo's daughter. Uh, she was a part of that too, Emmy. Mm. Um, and uh, they picked they picked these two celebrities mm-hmm. to be a part of the Super Bowl Half-Bind show because they wanted to reflect the Latin culture of the host city, Miami. Um, it was also the third time that Latin music artists had headlined the Super Bowl halftime show. Gloria Stefan did it before. You know, come on, baby, do the conga. Uh, mm-hmm. And... Uh, um, Another one of the Super Bowl shows had uh, uh, some more Latin music and things there with it. Um, Lopez, she had 130 dancers that were on stage or in the part of her thing then there. They had 600 field team members that assisted with the performance, and ultimately there were 670 team field members that were uh, that were a part of that um shakira mm-hmm. she's a little bit younger <laughs> than uh, uh than j-lo um and uh, she went first she had three costume changes each one was custom made uh, she had a uh, a red cropped bustier with cross strap top it was paired with a removable corset and ring skirt 120,000, I can't say this word, Swavorsky crystals. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We're on that thing. Um, and a whole bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. She went into also uh, crystal accented leather cuffs, knee high boots. Um, just the fact that I'm reading this kind of makes me want to change my opinion here in a few minutes. But uh, um, <laughs> she made another mid performance costume change and it had a fringed feathered mm-hmm. skirt uh, that was hidden underneath the first costume there. And her final one mm-hmm. was a bomber jacket with gold sequins embroidery, gold white crystals on there uh, and a matching gold sequin top uh, which she wore with matching high-waisted hot pants and Adidas Superstar sneakers. Uh, (laughs) J-Lo had uh, five costume changes and and again we're talking about a halftime show here um, with all all her dancers um, and basically the same type stuff. There was leather biker jackets and pleated mini skirts, black lace. Um, uh, Her shirt was torn off at one point to receive black leather chaps. Uh, She later took that outfit off to reveal a custom-made body-hugging silver cat suit that had crystals and tiny mirrored panels. Um, And then the last change she went into was this uh, metal mesh and crystal fringe bustier thing with um, bondage bondage harness details topped with a feather cape around her shoulders that had the U.S. flag and on the outside the Puerto Rican flag. Okay? If you haven't seen it now, you're getting this picture. Maybe I shouldn't be giving you this picture, but uh, Shakira opened it up. She was on a big platform on the stage. She had that tiny red sequin dress. She started the performance with probably her most famous song, She Wolf. She had a group of dancers. Then she went into her song, Empire, uh, which she played the electric guitar. Uh, had some other songs in there as well. And then she wrapped a rope uh, around her wrist while belly dancing to an instrumental of another one of the songs there. And it was followed by a performance of Whenever, Whenever. And then she was joined on stage by another dancer, singer, by the name of Bad Bunny. Uh, she performed a cover of Bad Bunny's song, I Like It, with the rapper there. And then they sang another one of Shakira's songs. And then 
she sang Hips Don't Lie and went on from there. And then J-Lo came out, and J-Lo, of course, she performed, well, I need to tell you where she started her performance off at. Uh, she started off on top of a what looked like a skyscraper that turned into a pole, your definition, whatever you want to call that pole, uh, stripper pole, most people say. She performed Jenny on the Block. Ain't It Funny, uh, Backed by Dancers. Then she went with Get Right. She had a costume change, Waiting for Tonight. And then she went back to a pole dancing routine, tabletop move with uh, the dancers underneath her and uh, joined on stage by some other people. And then she finished it up by being on stage with her daughter. uh, And they sang uh, uh, to Let's Get Loud. And they were saying that this was a women's uh, were they were so proud of women. It was their Mm. chance to come out and show their power and all of that. Um, (laughs) Critical response. Okay. So the, the people in the New York times, they said, you know what? No nonsense affirmation of Latin pride and culture diversity and a political climate where immigrants and American Latinos have been widely, um, lemonized. Uh, the New York post said it was electric, High-energy mix of music, dance, sequence. Um, They delivered a spectacle-style show, not without its statements. Punchy, political, flat-out electric. Uh, 44-minute performance that doubled as a salute to Latin culture and celebration of both stars and careers. The Morning Call called it the sexiest halftime show in memory, but also conceded that it was not the edgiest or the most contemporary halftime show in recent years. Um... They said the halftime show has not really been about music per se in a long while, that J-Lo and Shakira's throwdown uh, married that tradition forward, emphasizing spectacle, bombast, and flash over music, in this case, an only mildly Latin-flavored pop-dance hybrid. Commercial reception to this, maybe mm. boring you now, 103 million viewers watched it. Uh, that was slightly higher than the game itself. More people tuned in to watch halftime than they did the football game. Um, an average of 99.9 million TV viewers. Social media, people were going nuts. I was watching that because I wanted to see what people's response was on social media. Over 1 million tweets talking about Lopez and Shakira. Um, one out of the 1 million, 1,114,545 tweets mentioning the halftime show, 69% expressed a positive sentiment. 38% expressed joy. You know, we hit the little joy emoji there. It's 8% love of those there. Um, within four days, the YouTube version of this, when they put it on YouTube, had gathered over 100 million views and became the seventh fastest-growing music-related video of all time, and it became the most-watched Super Bowl halftime performance of all time on YouTube, overtaking Super Bowl 50, which had about 82 million. Now... Those are all the positives. That's the culture. We're driving through the intersection here, Katie, of the culture. The culture would say that's great. Why would culture say the halftime show is was was a success? Mm. Well, it was titillating. I mean, it's everything that our culture is right now. We're we're hypersexualized. It's only going to grow. Um, I was, you know, preparing for this talk, and someone was sharing with me that there are over fifty million new porn users in America. The research indicates that they are children. Mm-hmm. Um. What I love about this halftime show is that it was intentional and that it was rep- representing cultures. That, but there's so much where this leads, where this accepting of this kind of culture. I mean, this reminds me of the end of the Roman Empire, where the government started paying for, for the games in the Colosseum. And it was people being wow. torn apart. 
because the culture was so numbed out. In Japan right now, erectile dysfunction is the biggest problem that is happening, and it's because they are over-sexualized and under-committed in their sexual relationships. I mean, it is this is this is a global thing. So America's just kind of America's just more out there maybe than other cultures. Sure. But what's happening is um, a good thing, sex and music and dancing is being taken and really it's manipulating us. And and we can talk more about that in a yeah, minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, again, it had some negative connotation, too. I just wanted to set up that side mm-hmm. of it there because that's what culture is telling mm-hmm. us here. Mm-hmm. And then from the other side of maybe the faith culture where we, we come from, evangelist Franklin Graham said that it was showing young girls that sexual sexual exploitation of women is OK. Mm-hmm. Right. That was yeah, Franklin Graham's opinion. That, 100%. USA Today's uh, Gil Smart stated the show should have come with a parental warning, mm-hmm. noting that to some the show the show was a joyful Miami infused explosion of dance and high energy music that got you out of your seat. To others, it looked a lot like softcore porn, which yeah. you were saying there. Yeah. Um, more than one thousand three hundred complaints to the FCC over the content of the halftime show were filed. Mm-hmm. Here locally, mm-hmm. um, our buddy David Carnes over at Channel Three, he mm-hmm. does a, a thing on uh, called your your three cents or my three cents, mm-hmm. your three cents. And uh, where he asked people to give their opinion on certain topics. And this was the topic of the halftime show that week. And um, Charlotte said, is dehumanizing women to the point of making them sex objects way too much for primetime TV? Uh, Patrice said, I loved it, especially the ending when they integrated the flag in diversity. Mm -hmm. M said, I find it truly interesting how many people think this year's halftime show was not family friendly. But they love drooling over Adam Levine's performance last mm. year. Double standards with a side of sex appeal, maybe? Mm. Debbie said, the theme of the night's commercials was strong women and equality of the genders. The theme of the halftime show seemed that women are only good for sex. Mm-hmm. I thought it was degrading to women and completely in contradiction to the commercials. Deborah said, I didn't find it inappropriate. Coming from a mom of a dancer, it's just dancing. There's nothing wrong with the dancing. It's not sexual unless you make it sexual. Oh, boy. The problem then is with your perception, not the dancer. Pole dancing, while mm. thought of it as a stripper's pole, is also something used on stage often as well as for exercise. She wasn't stripping and had tights on, so everything was covered. Uh-huh. Don't over-sexualize something or the problem lies within you. Oh, so before I give my um, thoughts on this, Katie... Let us have it. What do you think? Okay, so uh, I have a family member who is the house mother for a, um, what do you call it? A sex trafficking recovery home. Okay. And every woman in that home, it started in a different place. They They didn't set out to be sex trafficked. They were looking for love. They were looking for attention. And they used their bodies to do it. And I mean, honestly, our bodies are supposed to be loving. They're supposed to be beautiful. Women are supposed to be beautiful. So don't hear me saying that women aren't supposed to be beautiful, that they shouldn't be adorned. Absolutely. And when we get to heaven, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We, We will weep for the beauty around us in one another, not just women, but men, too. But if we're going to if we're since we're opening this can, um. I agree. Um, I'm, I haven't watched the Super Bowl since 2013, and I turned it off when Beyonce was on the stage. She was in a lace black thing, and I was just like, 
I have a 10-year-old here. My entire church family is here. I've got students that I'm sharing the gospel with. They're here. What are we watching? This is not life-giving. And um, I just, I think about the ladies who were defending this behavior. I, I think, you know, it's okay that we're coming from different places. I'm coming from a place of what is the highest good for a woman and what is the highest good for a man? And I agree that we have a double standard in this country. In fact, I am just brokenhearted about how men who are trying to live good lives, who are trying to honor God with their lives, who are repenting of past sins and moving forward, or who are willing to struggle, who are willing to even get married these days, like that's not popular anymore. I am so proud of the men who even recognize that this is a tension, that there is something not right here. Um, but I think the women are misunderstanding their role. It, if we are in Christ, if we are Christians, the role for a woman is to is to herself be honorable and to raise up men to be honorable as well, and then vice versa. So we're, we're mutually honoring each other. And in this performance, I don't think anyone was honored. That just makes me sad. Okay. Yeah. I watched it with my uh, um, with my wife and my daughter, almost thirty year old daughter, um, and then my our twenty three year old son was kind of back and forth through there. It didn't really interest him at all. Um, and again, this is where the intersection of faith and culture comes from. Um, I have a not as strong of a stance as Katie does because my wife and daughter and I we all enjoyed it. We thought it was entertaining. Um, I didn't see it as overly sexualized. Now. I could see where my brothers and sisters who have that strong conviction, where you have that conviction, mm-hmm. I can see where you would say that. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, mm-hmm. for my wife person, for my daughter mm-hmm. personally, um, we just didn't. Our my girls, my wife and my daughter, they were impressed at J Lo and Shakira's athleticism mm-hmm. and physiques. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy said that for J Lo to be fifty and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Shakira to be forty three years old, it was mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. And of course, they kind of joked about you know about oh my goodness, I wish I looked like they did. Of course, <laughs> sure. we all They're don't amazing. understand the finances <laughs> that they have to make themselves look that way, and right. the discipline and mm-hmm. and the schedules that they have are able to to set aside the time for the right mm-hmm. diet and the right mm-hmm. exercise mm-hmm. and all of that. And I know there's a lot of body shaming that goes out there too and that's a big issue uh, mm-hmm. for some people um, me personally I thought it was a very energetic a very entertaining halftime show definitely a whole lot better than Janet Jackson and uh, um, whatchamacallit years ago when the wardrobe malfunction happened I like the music I love the Latin flair music mm-hmm. and, and that um, I was impressed by the dancing and all the spectacles and effects and and I kind of agree with what was it Charlotte I think she said mm-hmm. um, who comes from a dancing background is when everybody thinks pole dancing they automatically think of strippers mm-hmm. but have you ever seen Cirque du Soleil or any of those other type show the the pole dancers even on like America's Got Talent you have some of there and they're definitely not sexual in the in those performances at all mm-hmm. but just the skill and things it's almost mm-hmm. like watching a gymnast on the rings or on mm-hmm. the the pommel horse and and all those type things just the skill and the determination and the endurance the exercise how hard that is to do that but at automatically Everybody oh, looks I'm at dying, that. Ted. I'm well, dying. automatically, everybody looks at that and they think, "Oh yeah, she's on a stripper pole," you know, because yeah, of that. Because so, of our culture, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so the bottom line is it here is, and this is what we need to really spend the time and where mm-hmm. I think this is really mm-hmm. engaging and where it really can bring life and point people to Jesus mm-hmm. is. I didn't. Should I feel guilty mm-hmm. that I wasn't offended by it? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's a hard issue. Um, you know, it, it really is a hard issue. It's where do you go? Like if those thoughts stay in your head and then you start entertaining them and then it becomes lust, that's sin. Like that's sure. clearly sin. Agreed. You don't want to give into that. So, you know, this is very personal. I, I love this thing. Um, have you heard of Dr. Henry Cloud from Boundaries? I have not. Oh, okay. So he, he's written a ton of books on boundaries and buried in one of the books that is actually more worked out in the workbook is what are we responsible for? What am I responsible for? Like in our friendship, in our relationship, mm-hmm. what am I responsible for? So I'm responsible for my thoughts, my feelings, my attitudes, my beliefs, my behaviors, my choices, my values, my limits, my talents, my desires, and who are what I love and trust. And so when I come to this conversation and when I'm thinking of our listener, I'm thinking, they are responsible for these things for them and where they go with their thoughts their feelings their attitudes their choices we're all going to answer to Jesus for these things but I'm not going to answer for you right. and you're not going to answer for me and so um what's I, th- I think it always goes back to a heart issue like I couldn't watch that show in good conscience maybe you could great that's between you and Jesus sure um if my and I know my sons had a problem with it. <laughs> like they're like, Mom. And I'm like, ah. And so we turned it off. Yeah. Um, but that's because in our home we've we accept that we're human and that we need grace. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's where you wanted to go with this too, Ted. It's like yeah. what is where are we going with this conversation? What difference does it mean? Are we trying to just drive a wedge between each other? No, we're not. What we're trying to get to is as we pursue our faith. It's an informed faith. It's growing. We're always learning more. We're always having Jesus peel back the layers. Well, sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're full-blown into a relapse of sin. Um, my my biggest struggle, actually, is people-pleasing. So we yeah. can get back to that in a minute. It's kind of hard for me to even share these I, opinions I share with that you. share same, same problem. <laughs> and that's another whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. We can talk about that later. I'll write that down for right? future topics. Yeah. Well, and trying to please my mom and my mom's rules versus what does the word say? Yeah. And in my family culture growing up, you don't say no to mama. So it doesn't really matter if mom's lining up a scripture. You have to say yes to mom. So th- that's a whole other thing, too. So at the end of the day, though, like what should we feel guilty that you should you feel guilty that you're uh, not feeling guilty? I would say, Ted, that's between you and Jesus. Um, you know, there's before Christ and then there's after Christ in the life of a person. So before Christ, it's all you are guilty. You're completely sure. guilty. Your sins have, you know they've they've separated you from God and that's true for every single human being and yet and yet Christ came he changed history it's the historicity of Christ is more verifiable than any other historical event so if you're wrestling with whether or not Jesus came we can solve that that's that's, right. that's an that's easy right. piece to solve and then why did he come and what did he do he came to show us the love of God and that's a whole nother thing. How could God be human and be God and be a spirit? Well, we can talk about that too. But the reality is that's what he did. And what he said was, follow me. Turn to me. Repent. Repenting is not just confessing with your mouth. It's changing of a behavior. Changing direction. It's changing direction. And it's not like you get it and then you do it once and you're never going to have to do it again. No. you'll have. I do it every day. I have to repent every day when I, something happens and, and I offend someone unnecessarily. I'm not talking about like being afraid to share Jesus. There's a time and a place for that and you have to listen to the Lord about that. I'm talking about doing stupid stuff like showing up late for something when it offends somebody. Like don't do yeah. that. And so that's actually something I'm really working on. 
And so when I'm when I'm thinking of our listeners, Ted, I don't want them to walk away from this conversation and think, well, I'm with Ted or I'm with Katie. Yeah, I'm, That's I'm not with the Ted. Takeaway. I'm a pagan or I'm I'm a <laughs> saint. I'm with Katie. <laughs> not at all. That's not it at all. You know, you know, the foot of the cross is level. Um <laughs> Not at all. But what I would love for them to take away is like, what trajectory am I on and how are my choices affecting whether I'm giving life in my marriage or not? And am I nurturing my relationship with my wife or am I or my husband or am I doing things that's going to tear him down? I would so much rather I leave sure. this conversation with that and knowing that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and me. Yeah, that's and right. so that gives us power to overcome lust and sexual immorality and all the junk that weighs us down. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think of it this way, too. If if the situation may be different, and I may have been offended, or even though if I wasn't offended by it, I wouldn't have watched it had I known that my if my 23-year-old son had a problem with pornography or lust, then I, probably as a parent, mm-hmm. as a godly brother in Christ, I would say, you know, we probably don't need to be watching this right now, mm-hmm. and wouldn't, would have skipped it. Or if my wife felt jealousy or my daughter felt body shame because of you know mm-hmm. of that and me watching that thinking oh yeah well they're attractive mm-hmm. and they're doing a great job mm-hmm. look how f- athletically fit they are yeah. if that caused them to stumble yeah. or if it caused them to start to feel inferior or whatever uh-huh. then yeah then I should feel guilty okay, for why? watching that why because as as a christian as a husband as a dad mm-hmm. i'm supposed to to nurture and to mm. to bring them up and to model to them and to lead them wait and there's a word for that what's so you want to love them yeah exactly exactly you love them and so the fact that they were not offended mm-hmm. or not led astray or not dropped by that and i'm like okay Mm-hmm. There was there was a thousand other things I could have done that night mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of watching spending the fourteen minutes watching. Of course, I watched the whole Super Bowl. That's another thing. But but uh, um, there's a whole bunch of other things. So it wasn't like, hey, I I, I planned my day around this. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't have anything else to do, and mm-hmm. that was on, and so I did yeah. it. Um, and so that's why I guess I don't feel that guilty about it. Mm-hmm. But. If there's somebody that does, you know, the Bible says it would be better for me to have a millstone around my, my neck and thrown into the into the sea if I caused one of these younger ones mm-hmm. to stumble. Mm-hmm. And so if I had had, if I was a youth mm-hmm. pastor mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. and uh, we were having a Super Bowl mm-hmm. party, mm-hmm. there's a reason why we usually turned off the halftime show and did activities or mm-hmm. games and stuff mm-hmm. like that during that time, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. Uh, I didn't that's feel guilty good. about it. I, I love your points, though. I really do. <laughs> and that's the cool thing about this going through the intersection of faith and culture mm-hmm. is we need to embrace that. It's one thing to think one thing and to say something and do something else. Mm-hmm. you know. But if we can come to that common ground mm-hmm. of the cross that you says level, mm-hmm. and I agree, um, then that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Any other thoughts? Ooh, uh, I just I do love what you said about love, that the reason that you would choose what to do with your family and whether or not to watch it is because you love them. You want to love them. And isn't that what Jesus said is the end game? Yeah. So, you know, are we loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul and strength? And then are we loving others as ourselves? Like, that's what it comes down to. And and I would even say, like, as we we vote with our eyes. So whatever we're giving our eyes to, we're endorsing. Sure. And and that might be a leap for some people. I would say, no, it's not, because all that stuff is being tracked, and they are going to produce more content that leads to that. So so just as a, a takeaway of like, ooh, everything we do has consequences, right? Like, what are those consequences? Is that what the best use of our 
the limited amount of days we have on this earth. Yeah. So, so next year's Super Bowl party, <laughs> um, we're going to no, try to get the uh, <laughs> our Super Bowl halftime show. Rather, we're going to have the Gaither vocal uh, uh, band, and uh, no, oh. I'm kidding. It wouldn't sell. Oh, Nobody did you come. see what I posted? This I is did so, not. Oh, you just reminded me that um, this was hilarious. There's uh, so there's this picture of all these ladies wearing like the little house on the prairie hats, I you know, with see, the big thing, and see. all the women are wearing the dresses down, you know, to the, the elbows wrist. and down to the ankle. Yeah, they're very modest, and it's um, and they're holding choir books, and it says practicing for next year's. Uh, halftime show. It was just cracking up. I thought that was hilarious. I, I saw I saw a meme where it was a uh, uh, most most uncomfortable conversation or something or situation being at the church Super Bowl party and not <laughs> not letting everybody know that you're watching the sh- the halftime show oh. or something like that. So, but you know. but why would that be a problem? Again, because you're at church and you feel you think guilty it's, or right, judged or right. whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I would say that's. Um, that may be more about worrying about what other people think of you than it is really a genuine security in Christ and freedom in Christ. Yeah. And I want freedom. And we've already professed, both of us, in this episode <laughs> that we're people pleasers. So we're going to be there as well. <laughs> right. Is it okay that I said that, Ted? I think so, yeah, because we're going to talk about that in, in a week to, in weeks did, to come. Did you catch that? So I did. I did catch that. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay that you mentioned that. I'm pleased with that, that you said that. Well, congratulations. Katie and I just successfully made it through the intersection of faith and culture here. We're Yay! still in different cars, uh, or maybe we're in different sides of the car, but uh, um, uh, who knows what we're going to talk about next here on the intersection of faith and culture thanks for listening to the intersection of faith and culture a pcm podcast